Hey everybody, welcome to our episode on Hollywood Studios. Just like the other parks, we're going to break this up into two shorter episodes so that we can cover the whole park and get into pretty good detail to show you what's around. This is Disney Planning Insights. Welcome to Disney Planning Insights. We provide trip planning information through video content, podcasts, and blogs aimed at helping you enjoy your Disney vacation experience. Be sure to hit that like and subscribe button to stay up to date with all of our releases and follow us on Facebook and Twitter to join in conversations from all around the Disney properties. There's only one way to get in and out of the park. It's through the front entrance, at least right now. So, Peter, why don't you take us through the transportation options at Hollywood Studios? Uh, sure. Uh, you have a, a lot of options coming in to Hollywood Studios, so I'll kind of talk a little bit about each one of them. You can get in through buses, boats, or the Skyliner. So let's just go ahead and start with the boats and the Skyliner because they actually uh, are pretty much the same area. So the Friendship boats, as we talked about in the second part of the Epcot, are going to connect you to the Beach Club, the Yacht Club, the Boardwalk, the back part of Epcot, as well as the Swan and Dolphin Resort. And then you come up this nice long channel, and it leads you to a dock right next to the entrance to Hollywood Studios. At the same time, you can take the Skyliner, and again, the Skyliner has stations at the back side of Epcot, so if you're in those same resorts, you could walk up to the station at the backside of Epcot and board the Skyliner. Then you can also board it at Riviera, at Caribbean Beach, or at Pop Century and Art of Animation. In order to get to Hollywood Studios, you're going to get off at the main hub at Caribbean Beach, and you're going to board the line specifically dedicated to Hollywood Studios. Outside of that, everywhere else on property, you can get there by riding one of the Disney transportation buses. So you've got all of these different options for you. And just kind of one more quick note, Epcot and Hollywood Studios are connected via walkway as well. It takes about 10 minutes to walk from the entrance of Hollywood Studios to the backside of Epcot. You'll walk up along a, the channel where the Friendship Boats run, and you'll walk past Boardwalk Inn around the Boardwalk area just a little bit. So the back of Epcot and Hollywood Studios are connected via walkway. If you're there on a nicer day, you're, you're not all in that big of a hurry, that is an option for you as well. So now that we are coming into the park, we're going to go through what is one of the easier securities, one of the easier security lines out of all of the parks. Wait, 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 wait. Before we get into security... We've got to make our reservation for Rise of the Resistance. Oh, that is a very, very good point. So right now, Rise of the Resistance reservations go online at 7 a.m. So before you get to the park, you're going to be making this reservation. Then you're going to go eat at Trattoria Al Forno. And then you're going to go 
to Hollywood Studios. Or, or, come on, we can also go to Topolino's Terrace if we want to go to a character meal. You can, you can. Yes. But that is a really good point that Matt brings up. Your day at Hollywood Studios. Now, we're going to talk about Galaxy's Edge in our next episode. But your day at Hollywood Studios really needs to start at 7 a.m. Uh, by checking in and getting that boarding group. Now we're arriving to the park, maybe it's 9, maybe it's 10, somewhere in there, and we're going to head through our really, really simple security lines. There's a security line as you get out of the Skyliner, there's a security line kind of right ahead, or as you get off of the, um, as you get out of the parking lot and come in through the parking lot trams, there's going to be a security line right ahead. So might be kind of an insider tip. Instead of sitting there in the one right ahead of the buses, the Skyliner, the boat, all going to the exact same spot, might be a good idea to just venture up to the left a little bit where all of the parking lot people are coming in. You're likely going to find a little bit quicker ways in through security. Um, Then from there, we're in through the ticket gate. At that front ticket gate area just inside, we're going to find guest relations off to the left. We're going to find stroller and ECV Uh, checkouts over to the right so anything with mobility access is going to be just over to the right and then we're going to start working our way up into the first area of the park which Matt is going to tell us about. All right now that we've made it through security and past really that main entrance area we're going to start our walk down Hollywood Boulevard. Hollywood Boulevard is the main strip at Hollywood Studios and it leads you straight down to Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. But we're going to take our time and we're going to hit a few things before we get down there. So the first thing is going to be on your right hand side is the Trolley Car Cafe, aka Starbucks. So if you need your Starbucks fix in the morning, which my family does, we're not a Joffrey's family. Peter's going to hit that here in a second. We're a Starbucks family. We're going to get our Starbucks as we come in the park. And then we're going to go over to some of the shops that are on Hollywood Boulevard. And if you're looking for cool Disney merchandise, Hollywood Studios is where to get it. Either on Hollywood Boulevard or on Sunset Boulevard, it's got some of the best shopping of any of the parks. So we're going to hit a couple of the shops over there. And then as we pass the Brown Derby, which is one of the best restaurants on any Disney property, we're going to get our way back to Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway was the replacement for the Great Movie Ride. And not a lot of people liked it, but it is a fantastic trackless ride that offers you four different experiences depending on what car you're in during the ride. You're going to take a train ride with Goofy, who inevitably messes it up. And he's going to um, lead you into this adventure where Mickey and Minnie try and save you. And if you want to look for something really cool, watch Pluto try and return the picnic basket to the car. From there, we're going to make our way back into the backside of the park and past Animation Courtyard. And Peter's going to talk about Toy Story Land. (laughs) 
All right, so now we are coming down and away from Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, which is, of course, the newest attraction at Hollywood Studios and quickly becoming a favorite of many, even though the purists are still upset about Great Movie Ride being gone. And we're going to be coming down a little walkway that very clearly is taking you to a new area of the park, and we're going to be working our way towards Toy Story Land. Now, before we get there, it is important to note that there are a couple of things on the way. On the right-hand side, you'll find a door that kind of takes you in, and it's a really, really neat exhibit because it has a whole bunch of different prototypes and models of various attractions around all the Disney properties around the world. Um, so really cool stuff back there. there. A lot of times there are some shows back there and some character meet and greets that kind of rotate around and then past that building you're going to find a Joffrey's which is always important this time especially if you're going through our plan my family will go and get themselves into a line and then I'll go grab the Joffrey's real quick before meeting up with my family and past that area you'll find kind of a courtyard that sort of leads to nowhere and that's because it used to be the entrance for Toy Story Mania and now it is an area where they run an incredible show and some meet and greets. A lot of times you can meet Woody and Buzz back there. And of course, this is all in the non-COVID times that you're able to do these things. So a couple of things just to note as you're working your way towards Toy Story Land. But now we're going to turn to the right. We're going to go up this big walkway that is clearly leading us somewhere new. And we're going to move into Toy Story Land. And as you are moving into Toy Story Land, you're going to realize that either you're getting smaller or the stuff is getting bigger. And that's because you are shrinking down to the size of one of Andy's toys. So let's get into Toy Story Land and talk about the things you're going to experience in there. On the left-hand side, you're going to find the entrance to Toy Story Mania. And Toy Story Mania is a ride where you put on some 3D glasses and you work your way through different scenes and it's essentially a shooting arcade game. Lots of fun for the family, lots of fun for bragging rights and to see how you stack up. I am undefeated in my family. Um, so despite how much they try, they try all sorts of different arrangements. Put you, They put me with my daughter so that they have access to targets. They'll put, my wife will put my son with me so that... Hopefully he steals some targets from me, and I'm still undefeated. Um, just kind of in between the entrance and exit of Toy Story Mania is where you'll find Woody's Lunchbox. And this Lunchbox is just a quick service restaurant, and it's got some really good breakfast food and some really good lunch food when it's open, because unfortunately right now it is not. But I do look forward to that coming back. They've got some really, really interesting, it's almost like, a take on a Pop-Tart slash toaster strudel, um, sort of this, this breakfast pocket that's pretty good, right? Um, now, we went to the left, so over to the right and across a bridge is the entrance into Slinky Dog Dash. Slinky Dog Dash is a kind of a low, medium-speed roller coaster. It is a giga coaster, you can, um, which means the track is really smooth and it's kind of built in this triangle format. 
Um, but it's a very, very smooth ride. It's a lot of fun. You go zipping out through a propulsion system, go through a little track area. And then right behind me, you'll see the part where you kind of sit and you pull back as though you're pulling back on a spring and then launching forward into the second track area um, before you go through some little ups and downs. Great ride. Love it. Love the view into Galaxy's Edge from those last turns. Um, as Galaxy Edge was being built, I would ride Slinky Dog Dash just to get a sneak peek at the Galaxy's Edge construction. Coming out of that area, the last thing to mention in Toy Story Land is Alien Swirling Saucers, which we have a ride review coming up shortly about Alien Swirling Saucers. So you can check out our kids as they talk about Brayden and Addison and their love of Alien Swirling Saucers and all the great things that that ride does. Another thing to note while you're in Toy Story Land is to really pay attention to the scenery. It is impressive, and every time I am in the ride for Toy Story Mania or the ride line for Slinky Dog Dash, I find something new, some little Easter egg, some little hat tip to Andy's life, some little hat tip to my childhood, the different games around, the different things in the scenery. Um, it's a really, really fun, immersive experience. Again, as Matt and I have talked about, Disney really goes above and beyond to wow you and instead of thrill you, they wow you and make you go, I cannot believe they would spend the time. For example, in Slinky Dog Dash, there are full ride pieces that I have to imagine cost hundreds of thousands of dollars or more just set up as display to show that Andy has constructed this out of the roller coaster construction kit and there's extra pieces lying around no other company is going to buy a bunch of extra ride pieces and just throw them around in the grass and that's what disney has done in this area um, so really really phenomenal job in toy story land now we're going to head back out of toy story land and matt's actually going to talk about the area that we kind of skipped past because we were really focused on getting to some really big things before the crowd levels got too too large for the day. All right, as we come back out of Toy Story Land, we're going to hit Animation Courtyard. Animation Courtyard is this cool little area, and it's really designed for your smaller kids. The first thing you're going to see is The Voyage of the Little Mermaid, which is a show, um, LED spectacular, that runs about 20 minutes. From there, you have the Star Wars launch bay. And if you are a Star Wars fan, this is a must-do. This is something my family skipped over many trips because we just weren't that interested in it. And the first time we went into it, we go every time now. Not only are there meet and greets with BB-8, Darth Vader, and Chewbacca, the whole area is plastered with Star Wars memorabilia, um, lightsaber hilts, all kinds of stuff. It's, it's just a really, really neat area if you're a Star Wars fan. As you come back out of the launch bay, you're going to see the Disney Junior Dance Party, which is a live dance party hosted by DJs featuring some of your favorite Disney Junior characters from Doc McStuffins to Vampirina to Racer Mickey from Mickey and the Roadster Racers. Also in Animation Courtyard, there are multiple meet-and-greet locations. Again, 
when there's no COVID. Um, and in these locations, you're going to meet characters like Pluto, Doc McStuffins, Vampirina, um, and some of your other Disney Junior favorites. Now we're going to make our way down to Sunset Boulevard. So we're going to go back past the Brown Derby. And just one note on the Brown Derby. Not only is there the Brown Derby restaurant, there's actually the Brown Derby Cafe as well, which is on the side. And it's kind of like a small plate menu and drinks. So if you're looking for a cool little like walk-up area to get some good food, get a beverage, this is a great place to stop. Not a lot of people know about it. And again, Brown Derby food, get, get a cocktail, enjoy your day. Sunset Boulevard offers more shopping, more food. And one of the big ones on Sunset Boulevard is the Legends of Hollywood shop. Legends of Hollywood has some of your higher-end Disney merchandise. Stuff like Dooney and Bork and your nicer lounge fly bags, your Tommy Bahama shirts. That's where you're going to find a lot of that, uh, that merchandise. Also, on the left-hand side of Sunset Boulevard, as you're walking down towards Tower of Terror, is the Sunset Ranch Market. And this is a collection of grab-and-go food stands that offer everything from hamburgers to vegan bowls and ice cream. It's a great place if you don't have reservations and you just want a place to kind of grab some food and sit down. This area offers tons of options and has plenty of seating for you and your family. From there, Peter, why don't you talk a little bit about the rides and attractions that Sunset Boulevard offers? All right, so now that we're down Sunset Boulevard, we're going to get to the attractions there. Matt just went through all of our shops and our restaurants, so let's talk about some of the things that we can do for fun. On the right-hand side, as you're making your way towards the looming tower that is characteristic of Sunset Boulevard, you're going to find Beauty and the Beast live action show. This is arguably one of my favorite live action shows on all of property. And it's just because in a quick 20 minutes, they really do a great job of retelling the entire story of Beauty and the Beast through song and dance. The costumes are amazing. Just the sheer number of cast members with up to 30 to 40 people on stage at a time is just a really, really amazing show. And I will admit, when the reveal happens and seeing the emotion of Belle, it hits you. It hits you right here. It is just a really, really fantastic show. Um, definitely worth the time, especially if you are a Beauty and the Beast fan. Coming out of that show, we're going to be looking right at the Hollywood Tower Hotel. But we're actually going to go to the left and talk about what's over there. If we head down over to the left, we're going to walk underneath a sort of inverted roller coaster. And we're going to make our way towards the entrance of the Rockin' Roller Coaster. Now, Rockin' Roller Coaster does boast one of the highest ride requirements you do need to be 48 inches tall to ride this ride. And that's because it is a linear propulsion roller coaster that takes you from 0 to 57 or something like that 
in a matter of a couple of seconds and you immediately start by going inverted and you are going to invert three times on this coaster. So just be aware with the type of people you're traveling with. This is the only thing on property where it's actually going to invert you and fully take you upside down. Um, so this is where your thrill and adrenaline junkies, this is going to be one of their favorite rides in all of Disney, just because they're looking for more of the Kings Island Six Flag type experience. Um, past that, you're going to move into sort of an area that changes quite often, but is currently housing Lightning McQueen Racing Academy. And me personally, I hope this stays for a very, very long time. Really, really neat show where Lightning McQueen comes and talks to you. They use that 3D mapping technology that they have to really make it look like lightning is, is talking and moving. And, and it's a lot of fun as Chick Hicks kind of sabotages the broadcast. And I won't ruin any more of that experience for you. But it's, it's a family treat. It is a lot of fun. If you've done Minnie and Mickey Runaway Railway and you've headed into our Toy Story area, a really good spot to go then is down here because you're probably going to be getting to Lightning McQueen Racing Academy kind of as it's opening. Parents, you can take your smaller kids who aren't big enough for Rock and Roller Coaster and go check out that show. Kind of kill some of the time while the older kids or the more thrill-seeking adults are running in there. Set up your rider swap, put them in the line, take the little ones over to Lightning McQueen. Everybody's going to have a good time. Really, really well thought out to put that in that area. Coming back, the last thing is the iconic piece of Sunset Boulevard, and that is the Hollywood Tower Hotel, home of the Ride Tower of Terror. You head your way in, really, really macabre-looking decor. Has the look of a hotel that is in ruins and has not been occupied in decades. Working your way in, you'll go through a couple of rooms. You'll go down into the boiler room and you'll board the service elevator. What I love about Tower of Terror is that no two rides are the same. It's a computer randomization program. You work your way in and there are nine different sequences. So even if you've ridden it, you're not going to remember getting the exact same sequence over and over again because it's all just sort of random on which one will load into the launching corral. And a quick sort of insider knowledge, Tower of Terror is not a free fall system. It is actually set on bungees and pulleys that allow them to very quickly bring you up and down and up and down. A standard drop just using gravity wouldn't make you fall nearly as fast or make you experience nearly as many G's that you get um, as you're going through that ride. My daughter calls it up-down ride. It's one of her favorites, and she's six. So you can handle it, I promise, okay? You might not like it, but you can handle it. My six-year-old loves it, all right? Um, from there, as you come out of the Hollywood Tower Hotel, you're going to actually notice to the left that there's sort of a pathway that just seems to lead to nowhere, and actually what that pathway does is it leads to one of our nighttime shows that Matt is going to start talking about here in just one moment. So now we're going to talk about the nighttime spectaculars at Hollywood Studios. The big one and one of my favorites at any of the parks is Fantasmic. Fantasmic is a fully acted, 
choreographed, orchestrated, pyrotechnic, spectacular that has its own amphitheater in the back of Hollywood Studios. Um, it basically follows Mickey's journey between good and evil um, in a spectacular fa fashion. The show, it's roughly a half hour long and um, closes out the park nightly, at least when there's no COVID. Um, <laughs> but it is, it is a must-see for your first time at Hollywood Studios. Um, one of the things to remember is that when there are fast passes available, you can fast pass Fantasmic, and many of the restaurants will offer dine and watch uh, packages for Fantasmic that get you special seating. So if it is one of your first times, we do recommend doing one of those packages. That way, you get that VIP treatment and our guaranteed seats at the show. Um, the line usually starts building about an hour before the show to get those best seats. So be aware that a lot of people are going to pack into that little amphitheater at the end of the day. Um, as far as other shows around Hollywood Studios, you're going to see some fireworks behind you during Fantasmic, and Peter's going to talk about those shows. Yeah, absolutely. Before I talk about those other shows, um, a quick little note on Fantasmic, like Matt said, get there early um, or you're going to be way off to the side left. That's the last area of the theater that they that they fill in. But really try to aim for those ways that you can sort of fast pass your way in. We've talked before about how fast passes you can use your three and then get extras. A lot of times you can grab a Fantasmic a little bit later in the day, but they'll definitely be gone by about 5 or 6 p.m. The best thing you can do especially if you have little ones, is grab the Hollywood and Vine Fantasmic package. Now you're going to get a character sit-down meal and you're going to get entry into Fantasmic. So that's a really, really good thing. We didn't talk about Hollywood and Vine in this episode. We'll be doing that in the next one. But as Matt mentioned, kind of behind you, because now remember you're at the very far end of Sunset Boulevard. So behind you, directly behind you, is that central area at the very end of Hollywood Boulevard in front of that Chinese theater. And in front of that Chinese theater, they set up a stage during, again, non-COVID times. And that stage is host to the Star Wars Galactic Spectacular that occurs at the end of the night just after park closing. Or if you're there around the holiday time, you might catch Jingle, Jingle Bam, Jingle Bash, and that area as well. So both of these are just going to be mostly projector, a little bit of live actor, a couple of choreographed scenes, but a lot of projector work, a lot of smaller pyrotechnics, and a lot of smaller fireworks launching off, whereas Fantasmic is going to be a much more involved and thorough show. Um, as Matt said, lasting around 30 minutes, lots of water effects, lots of light effects. Um, these are going to be more more projector effects and little things like this and are going to have a runtime of about 10 maybe 15 minutes and uh, but still a really really great way if you're going to go two days to Hollywood Studios I recommend one day checking out Fantasmic and the other day checking out whatever the other nighttime show is in that area plus coming out of Fantasmic they pretty much try to shoo you down a secret pathway that takes you right to the exit and coming out of the Galactic Spectacular or Jingle Bam Jingle Bash, 
you have the opportunity to slowly work your way back down Hollywood Boulevard and hit those shops, grab those souvenirs, uh, maybe grab a last little refill of popcorn or something else along those lines as you slowly make your way back out the way you came in through that main entrance. Well, I think that's it for Nighttime Spectaculars. Do you have anything else to add, Matt? No, I think I think we covered, you know, at least that side of the park really well in this episode. Um, stay tuned for our next episode for Hollywood Studios, which will cover Galaxy's Edge, among other things, around the park. So thank you for watching. This is the Disney Planning Insights Podcast, and you guys all have a wonderful day.